Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Gunslinger. This is part of our class overview series covering all of the classes available to players, and right now we're on the base classes. For a renegade few, battle sounds different than it does for the typical fighter. The clash of steel and the sizzle of spell energy are drowned out by the thunderous rhythm of gunfire, the pounding beat of the gunslinger. The book Ultimate Combat introduced rules for firearms in your game, and ever since then, it has all been downhill. The debates that this concept has sparked are as hot as the gun's barrels. There's people that are in the camp of... Your fantasy setting. Wait, I just need to know how long it took you to, to write that little little pun right there. <laughs> it immediately came to my head. I'm a writing savant, okay? <laughs> they just Good job. There, there are people in the camp that you should never have firearms in your fantasy setting. They think it's not a valid concept. There's people who think it's fine. We're not here to argue the validity of whether or not you can or should have guns in your game. I am. What? Why, why do people care? I Don't ask me. I don't... Because they'll get into arguments like, well, when the pistol was made, that changed the way we made armor. And then something about rapiers and something about Spain in the whatever year. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I have no problem with it. Are we in a world of magic? Yeah, but but you know what? When pistols were invented, I couldn't enchant my armor to, with ghost touch so ghosts couldn't get Caleb, to Caleb, I said we're not arguing about this. I think we're no, arguing about this. Christian, I don't get it. <laughs> we're straw manning people right now. <laughs> and straw men are very vulnerable to firearms, and that's why I use them. No, it's the great thing about Pathfinder, which is you can have whatever parts of Pathfinder in your game that you want in your group. Like, And, and guns are just one part of that. Either way, it's an optional rule set, technically, so you can or cannot have guns. But the rules for firearms are written in a way that any character can use a firearm, but the gunslinger is a class that's entire identity and their mechanics revolve around the use of firearms. Before we can really talk about the gunslinger themselves, we have to do a quick recap, a basic introduction of the firearm rules for anyone that might be unfamiliar with them. The first thing the GM decides is whether or not there's going to be guns, and if there is guns, what is the volume of guns in the world? They put forward some categories, no guns, very rare guns, emerging guns, commonplace guns, and guns everywhere. This is very important to especially the gunslinger because this is going to gauge how much all of your gun paraphernalia costs. The rarer it is, the more expensive it is. This is one of the ways you can really sort of quote-unquote balance your gunslinger if you think they're outperforming the party. But you can be very careful because this is the only character this is affecting if your party only has one gunslinger. I mean, you know, they're paying triple the price just to get a normal gun and everyone else is outclassing them because they don't have to pay so much for their equipment. You gotta be careful with this one. They also determine who can be a gunslinger and who can have certain feats. For instance, if you're using the very rare gun rules, it says that guns are much more like very, very rare magical equipment. You can't actually have a gunslinger in your game. Nobody knows how to repair guns. They're just like these mystical things you might sometimes find incredibly rarely. Whereas if you're using commonplace guns, gunslinger are a staple of the universe and non-NPCs can repair guns. So I've alluded to guns being this exotic thing and you need specific feats in order to use or maintain firearms. 
to gain proficiency with firearms, you need the exotic weapon proficiency firearm feat. And if you want to be able to craft firearms and repair your firearms when they break, you need another feat. You can't just have ranks in craft firearm. You need to take the gunsmithing feat. The good thing about that, though, is the gunsmithing feat lets you do a lot of things for zero cost. You don't have to spend money to fix certain things about it. So what are the benefits of using firearms? How do they actually work? So when you fire a firearm at a target, as long as it is within the first range increment of your firearm, you are hitting that target's touch AC. So to give an example, the pistol has a 20-foot range. As long as you're shooting at an enemy with your pistol within 20 feet, you're hitting their touch AC. This is incredibly stupidly strong. <laughs> the game is not balanced around you hitting touch AC. The concept of touch AC exists so that wizards can use their one-half BAB and no physical stats to hit things touch AC. For this being as powerful as it is, gun Guns have a lot of drawbacks. The very first drawback is that a gun can misfire. Each firearm has a misfire value. For example, the musket has a misfire value of 1 to 2. If you're shooting a musket and you roll a natural 1 or a natural 2, your gun misfires, meaning that your shot misses no matter what, and it gains the broken condition, imparting a minus two to your attack and damage rolls with that weapon. You can still use it while it's broken, you can still fire it, natural one or two, your gun misfires, gains the broken condition, and if you fire it again now, the misfire value is increasing by four, so instead of misfiring on a one to two, it can now misfire on a one to six. If you continue firing a firearm after it's gained the broken condition, it can potentially explode. And there's actually rules for where the explosion comes from and how much damage the explosion does. Talking about these different drawbacks, one of my gunslingers in my game, I've actually had a lot of experience with the gunslinger. I've had two players. I've played it with as as a player two different times. Uh, one of my gunslingers was always hitting, but he was only doing sort of moderate damage because it wasn't super high level at the time. The gunslinger's sort of sometimes the balance is you're hitting all the time, but you're consistently doing moderate damage. Man, you're making me jump the gun here, Caleb. Your player didn't know how to build a gunslinger. Gunslingers do a lot of damage. No, I'm sure. And I'm, right now I'm playing gunslinger who that does a lot of damage. I'm saying this can be one of the balancing factors. Yeah, if you don't know how to take deadly aim. Yeah, and if you're not high enough level. <laughs> so the misfire isn't the only drawback of firearms. Another drawback is that they are very slow to reload. A one-handed firearm takes a move action to reload, and a two-handed firearm takes a standard action to reload. This kind of makes the rapid reload feat a feat tax for anyone that wants to major in the firearm curriculum in their college. We're not going to talk too much about advanced firearms in this episode, but one of the great things about them is that every weapon, it's a move action to reload the entire clip. And the other great thing about them is that they're horribly busted, never let them in your game, everyone will cry. <laughs> The world will end. There's also siege weaponry. Siege weaponry is also firearms. We're not going to be talking about those either. When you take the rapid reload feat, it still doesn't reduce either of these to a free action. One-handed firearms become a swift action, and two-handed firearms become a move action to reload. So you still can't take a full round action with your firearm. You'll eventually have to reload it. So something else that needs to be mentioned whenever you're talking about firearms are the existence of alchemical cartridges. When you reload your firearm, you're doing the old-timey lift up the barrel, pour in the black powder, take your pellet, drop it in, push down that little chimney sweep into your gun, and now you're ready to fire. That's why it takes so long. It's amazing you could do that as a standard remove action, but either way, alchemical cartridges are simply the pellet and the black powder, and you just roll them up on a little piece of paper and drop that into your firearm. They reduce the time it takes for you to reload a firearm by one step. 
So if you take the rapid reload feat in conjunction with using alchemical cartridges, you can now reload firearms or a one-handed firearm as a free action and a two-handed firearm as a swift action. The drawback to alchemical cartridges is that they increase the misfire value of your firearms. So the very basic one, just your regular paper cartridge, increases the misfire value by one. So now your musket will misfire on a 1, a 2, or a 3, which is a pretty good chance of you misfiring. Not pretty good, but it's going to happen eventually. There are other versions of alchemical cartridges. For instance, there's like the flare alchemical cartridge, which is the same thing, but now it shoots a flare, and there's some that make you shoot like fire, and they do a lot of different cool things. There's different ammo of all sorts, not only just alchemical cartridges. There's pellets that let you do sort of a shotgun spread instead of a single target. You get a variety not just in your weapons, but in your ammo. Kind of like with the bow. It's not just arrows. You can have all sorts of different arrows. Right. And you can make your ammo out of different materials as well. So you can have adamantine pellets or cold iron pellets. Oh, can I shoot garlic at vampires? <laughs> you can get a garlic pellet. There's um, pitted bullets, which are just bullets with tiny little holes in them. They're like little wiffle balls, but you can like fill them with poison. <laughs> Where we shoot here. <laughs> so before we even get into the gunslinger, so with the rules for firearms in front of us, Caleb, what are you expecting from the gunslinger? A class that uses just a single type of weapon. It's 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 almost like ah, oh, here's the the sword oni fighter, the sword lord. What are you expecting from something like this? I have a problem because I'm not going into this free. I, I've had a lot of experience with the gunslinger. I'm not as worried as it sort of your leading question was trying to make me because guns are a breadth of category of weapons. It's like oh, I'm just a martial weapon user. Well, there's a lot of different slashing weapons out there, okay? There's a lot of different firearms, especially when you get into more than just ultimate combat. And if you decide to look into advanced firearms, there's, there's plenty of stuff, plenty of ammo that changes the way your guns work. I'm not too worried about it. What am I expecting? I don't know. I just want my, my gunslinger to be better at using guns than everybody else. I think we'll find that that is indeed the case. So the gunslinger has no alignment restriction. Anyone could be a gunslinger. They have a D10 hit die. Which is nice. Good for a martial class. They get four plus their int modifier skills per level. They get a good amount of class skills. Uh, some important ones, of course, we get perception. Ooh. Acrobatics. Yeah, whoop, whoop. Your knowledges are engineering and local. And of course, get sleight of hand because if you want to be a gambler, gunslinger, poker face kind of guy, you can definitely do that. Ride. Let's get on that horse. Let's shoot people down. Intimidate. Look, I'm on a horse and I have a gun. It's even scarier than just being on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> that man's just on a horse. Is that a firearm? But the really cool thing about them and that you're talking that interacts with the touch ac is that they have a full bab progression which is absolutely disgusting <laughs> wizards had one half gunslinger has full we'll see how this interacts you know for somebody you're going into this with pretty negative feelings for somebody's always like the wizards are the most powerful magic users oh they're so op and now you're like a gunslinger can compete bah We'll see my full feelings on it at the end. I have an entire... All right. I'm feeling I'm going to get to yell at you. I'm happy about it. I'm looking forward to it. I think regardless of what I was going to do, you were going to yell at me. <laughs> I think you're right. They have two good saving throws. They have a good fortitude and a good reflex saving throw, but a bad will saving throw. We'll see that they are incentivized to put points into wisdom, so that bad will saving throw is more like an average will saving throw. Their main stats are wisdom and dexterity. We'll see we'll be using dexterity for attack rolls and for their armor class and wisdom for their special abilities. They actually have some DCs in their kit that scale off of both of them, so they're both very important for the gunslinger to have. For their proficiencies, gunslingers are proficient with all simple and martial weapons and with all firearms. They're proficient with all light armor. A few important things here. They're proficient with all martial weapons. If you ever need a backup for your firearm in case it misfires, you can pick anything. They can use any martial weapon and definitely make use of that as a gunslinger. Other big thing is that they're not proficient with shields. 
So if you want to use a buckler, which you can explicitly use a buckler while using firearms with no penalty, you might need proficiency. Which now that I think about it, you technically don't because bucklers don't have an armor check penalty of their masterwork. So neat, you don't even need shield proficiency. But if you want to use a bigger shield, you do. All right, it's been like 15 minutes. Can we talk about the gunslinger? Can we talk about his stuff? Go ahead, go ahead. I'm not stopping you. Yeah, okay. First thing they get at level one is grit. Grit is their spendable resource. This is something we've seen with other classes. This is the sort of key arcane pools, inspiration pools, things like this. So at the start of the day, they get a number of grit points equal to their wisdom modifier, and they get at least one. And this is what we spend to accomplish deeds. Christian, what are deeds? Deeds are either activated or passive abilities that operate as long as you have one point of grit or if you spend one point of grit. So to give an example, you get three deeds at level one. The first is Deadeye. You could spend one grip point when you fire a firearm outside of its first range increment to still hit touch AC. So if I'm using a pistol and I'm 40 feet away, I'm outside my first range increment of 20 feet, but I spend one grip point. I still take a minus two on my attack roll, but I'm hitting touch AC now. For every range increment you are past that, you have to spend another grip point. So if you're 60 feet away, you have to spend two grip points to hit touch AC. There's Gunslinger's Dodge. When you're going to be hit by a ranged attack, you can spend a grip point to move five feet as immediate action, giving you a plus two bonus to your AC against the attack. Or you can drop prone to get a plus four bonus to your AC. And this is one of the many things we're going to see where they have this little sentence at the end that says, you can only perform this deed while wearing medium or light armor and while carrying no more than a light load. This class is sort of flavored around you're kind of very nimble. Yeah, they're supposed to be doing daring things and have this grit, which is their ability to shrug on and keep going despite the things around them. Gunslinger's Dodge is really nice. Uh, we noticed that you could use firearms while prone without any kind of penalty. And that gives you a bonus versus incoming range attacks anyway. Which actually makes them better against other gunslingers because it's effectively a untyped bonus to AC. It will apply to firearm attacks. Last deed to get a level one is Quick Clear. So as you fire your gun throughout the day, you're eventually going to misfire. Your misfiring is going to break the gun. As long as you have one grip point, as a standard action, you can simply remove the broken condition from your gun. If you spend one grip point, you could do that as a move action instead of a standard action. So this is really nice offsetting the inevitability that you are eventually going to roll a natural one or a natural two. Yeah, it's a simple deed you get at level one that's super helpful. I picked a archetype that replaced this deed, and boy, when I needed it, I was very sad I didn't have it and had to spend an hour fixing my gun out of combat. And the rest of the combat was like, well, I guess my misfire chance is up again. And then once your gun explodes, you have to buy a new weapon. It's like, oh, there goes my enchanted greatsword. Gotta buy a new one. You don't <laughs> want to risk that, especially if your gun's enchanted. So you said, Caleb, that the grit points were going to go up and down. So we saw all the ways to spend grit points. How do we get grit points back? Uh, if you kill something with a firearm, or if you get a critical hit with a firearm. Most GMs will have you kill a monster when you bring it below zero. I don't know a lot of GMs that still keep track of negative health unless you're specifically trying to capture things alive. So it's, it's actually easier than you might think. And to all you rules lawyer power gamers out there, there is verbiage here to say it has to be, you know, an enemy that matters to you in some way. You can't just carry around a bag of rats and shoot them to get your grip back. <laughs> they have to actually be like threatening you. <laughs> Can I carry around a bag of grip, please? They're small. <laughs> <laughs> it's the baddest man in the West. It points to the bag and his hip fires. Oh no, he's got his grip back. <laughs> There's one more ability, you get a level one, and that's called Gunsmith. Guns are kind of expensive, and if you're a level one gunslinger, you probably couldn't afford one. I think they're like a thousand gold or something. 
So it says here, at first level, a gunslinger gains one of the following firearms of her choice, either a blunderbuss, a musket, or a pistol. This weapon is considered battered, and only the gunslinger knows how to use it. Everyone else considers it a broken weapon, but the gunslinger can use it without penalty. The gunslinger also gains gunsmithing as a bonus feat, which is really nice because that's what you need to repair and interact with firearms. You will at some time later have to either upgrade this to masterwork or buy a masterwork weapon, but from that point you can upgrade it and treat it as normal. Level 2, we're getting nimble, which means as long as you're wearing light or no armor, you get a plus 1 dodge bonus to your AC, and this goes up by 1 every 4 levels. This is really nice to offset the fact that they only have proficiency with light armor, and this also is something else that makes them better against other gunslingers. This is a dodge bonus to AC. Dodge bonuses apply to your touch AC. So if you're having a problem with a gunslinger, the answer to that problem is another gunslinger. <laughs> Roll Both of them <laughs> rolling on the floor to dodge each other's bullets. So at level three, we're getting another set of deeds. We get three deeds every couple levels or so. So this time we're getting first gunslinger's initiative. As long as the gunslinger has at least one grit point, she gets a plus two bonus on initiative checks. If she also has the quick draw feat and her hands are free and unrestrained, she could draw a single firearm as part of her initiative check. So essentially as a non-action, you start combat with a firearm in your hand. Getting a bonus to initiative in a class that cares about dexterity, oh boy, you're going to be going first most of the time as a gunslinger. And have you have you ever hit flat-footed touch AC? It's basically cheating. RGM thinks it's cheating. <laughs> it's not cheating though. It's like playing blue in Magic the Gathering. It's like when you're cutting wrapping paper and the scissors start gliding. It's like you printed your character sheet directly onto cashmere. It's amazing. It's the best feeling. Absolutely amazing when this happens. Pistol whip. It's nothing. Forget about it. Now, the next one, that's my attempted joke that Christian find very funny. Pistol whip is something I've never seen used, even though I've I've seen gunslingers many, many times. Uh, you can make a melee attack with the butt or handle of your firearm as a standard action. You do it. There's also the rules about you being proficient and blah, 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 blah. But the point is you get to deal damage to it. One-handed weapons do 1d6 points of damage. Two-handed 1d10. It's stupid damage, stupid low damage for a standard action. You can't make a full attack action with it. It's the worst. Especially for somebody who is proficient with martial weapons. And it costs a grip point to do it. The only real benefit to this is that if you hit them with your weapon, you can then get to make a trip combat maneuver for free to attempt to knock them over. If only there was weapons you are proficient with that have the trip feature. Oh, wait, you are. Look, it's some people's fantasy to smack people with firearms. And now well, they can they do Well, they do that. a very poor job reflecting it with pistol whip. <laughs> yeah, you don't even threaten with your firearm. This is a weird one. I've... I think I've seen it used once and it was mostly for fun because they weren't in a lot of danger and like, I want to pistol whip something. Kapow. It costs a grip point to hit somebody with my gun, but not shoot them. I don't. The, the major problem I have with this is that it allows you to make a combat maneuver check, but it doesn't say that it doesn't invoke an attack of opportunity. And it says to knock the target prone. It doesn't, it's not actually a trip attack. It's just to knock the target prone. Eh, it's a weird one. You, you'll use it for fun, but lastly at level three, they get utility shot. You can spend one grip point, and there's, like, a bunch of subcategories of utility shot. And it's just that. It's a bunch of utility, kind of out-of-combat things. I'm not going to get into the details of all the rules, but the first is blast lock. That is, you could shoot a lock, and there's some rules for how you resolve the attack roll. If you succeed, you open the lock with your gun. If you fail, the lock is now broken and more difficult to open. You can scoot an unattended object, and I love that word, <laughs> scoot. You shoot some... I've <laughs> Players will try to use this on things they shouldn't. It has to be unattended objects. You roll against it, 
and you can move it with essentially your bullets. I'm going to move this over there. They wanted to build in that you shoot tin cans off of a fence post or something. But I've constantly seen my players want to use this. And I'm like, it has to be an untenant object. You're not getting a free disarm maneuver. It's scoot. You're scooting things. But that it's a scoot. That wizard is unattended, Caleb. There's no one attending that wizard. I can move him. This entire house is unattended. <laughs> Prepare to have a compendium of things that are attended and unattended. Your players are going to argue with you about this all the time. I've never seen anyone try to use this for a legitimate purpose. It's always been absolutely ridiculous requests. But it's meant to be like someone else disarms someone you're fighting. Their sword falls on the ground. You shoot the sword and then it flies away from them. Right. The best part about this is if you miss, you don't actually miss the object. You actually have to do damage to the object. So I hope you didn't think it was an important object. Whoopsie. I'll get the key out of it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Good thing I have blast lock. <laughs> The other utility shot is stop bleeding. Very simple. You shoot your firearm into the air and push the hot barrel against a bleeding creature and it stops the bleeding effect. At level four and every four levels thereafter, you're going to get a bonus feat and they have to be combat feats or grit feats. This is going to be very helpful because any ranged character, there's a certain set of feats that are pretty much you have to get. So it's good to be able to be able to sort of offset that cost. Point blank shot, precise shot, the whole gambit. Plus now firearms basically have the built-in feet tax of rapid reload. So it's nice to get bonus feats. Grit feats, they come in two major categories. Ones that actually interact with your grit pool, such as extra grit gives you two extra grit points. And actual like new grit abilities, almost as if you got a new deed. I haven't found many of those feats, those new deed feats, to be worth picking. I've looked at them a couple times. I've never actually chosen them. Yeah, they're usually super niche. Give an example of my absolute favorite one, Leaping Shot Deed. It has a ton of prerequisites, which is why you've probably never seen it. You had to have dodge, mobility, and BAB of four at least, which is hard to do when you have to take all these feats to make your guns work. But the benefit is you get a plus two bonus on acrobatic check to make the jump. As a four round action, you can leap up to your speed, so you're diving through the air, and you can make one firearm attack with each firearm that you are wielding. And then at the end of this movement, you fall prone. So you could dive cover to cover, John Woo style shooting people. He makes like the action kung fu bullet movies. The, the closest one I ever came to is Ricochet Shot, where you can sort of shoot around corners by hitting different objects. So at level five, we're getting a very, very important ability for the gunslinger. It's called gun training. You pick one type of firearm, such as a pistol or a musket. When using that firearm from this point forward, you now add your dexterity modifier to damage. Whenever you misfire this type of weapon, instead of the misfire value going up by four, it now goes up by only two. Every four levels, you can pick a new firearm to get this benefit. Dex to damage with a ranged weapon is absolutely insane. Effectively, now you're a single attribute class that really just needs a ton of dexterity. Your attack rolls, your damage rolls, your initiative, your reflex saves and your AC are all going to be high, and then you see to splash a little bit of extra wisdom. You don't really need any of the other stats. One of the things I did in my most recent Gunslinger is I didn't put anything in wisdom because you would get a minimum of one grit, and I just got the feat that gave me extra grit when I needed more grit. And I think you could take that multiple times, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that that's also very viable, being fully dexterity-based. But yeah, this is, in my opinion, this is the, maybe not iconic, but this is what makes the Gunslinger the Gunslinger. Now you are truly better at guns without having to do anything, just regular attack actions. I'm better at guns than anyone else. 
Yeah, the sure the the gun does one d10 damage. Okay, but the marshal over there is doing one d10 plus the strength modifier. Finally, you get to add a modifier to your guns, and now not only are you hitting consistently, you get to do a little more than just moderate damage. We're not getting anything to level seven, but in the meantime, we're getting you know your bonus feats. You're getting increases to nimble stuff like that. But at level seven, we are getting three more deeds. And they're probably the three of the best deeds that the gunslinger gets access to. So the first one is Deadshot. The idea is Deadshot is that you take a full round action to make a single firearm attack. When you make this attack, you roll as many times as you could make attack rolls. You're pulling all of your attack rolls into a single attack. For each one of your attack rolls that hits, you're rolling your damage dice again. So if I have a pistol and I use Deadshot, I fire once. I'm rolling twice, and they both hit, I'm doing 2d8 plus my dexterity plus any other modifiers I have. It's mostly used to overcome the fact that you can't reload. It's a way to make a full round action in a single shot. It also is helpful overcoming DR. Yes, because you're pulling everything into one big attack. There's feats that help you do this, but now this is you know something you can do with grit instead. Does it cost grit to do this, or do you just, is this one of the ones you just have to have one grit? You have to spend just one point of grit to perform this deed. Okay. The drawbacks to this is you're not getting your, your dex bonus to each attack. You're just adding your dex bonus one because it's still just one attack. And there's some weird rules about, you know, confirming the crit and all that. I don't see this used much because I see there's, there's actually pretty easy ways to overcome the whole reloading problem. The only time I have seen this used is a Gunslinger IGM-4 used a blunderbuss. And by level seven, they hadn't like gotten over their hump of being able to reload as a free action yet. So they use Deadshot every so often to get that extra damage. But once they were able to reload as a free action, typically full round action attacks are a better option. Get the startling shot deed. Long as you have one grip point as a standard action, you could purposely miss a creature that you would normally hit. Instead of taking damage, they become flat footed until the start of their next turn. Helpful enabling your rogue to get that sneak attack or other people to hit somebody who had a high armor class. Yeah, this is really gross, especially of other gunslingers. So you startle them, they're flat-footed, now gunslingers are hitting touch flat-footed AC. There's no save against this. It just happens. There's nothing the creature could do to stop this from happening. Yeah, but there's nothing a creature can do to avoid being hit. You have to actually hit them. It's, you're still making an attack roll. Well, not much of a drawback. The gunslinger basically always hits. It says, don't roll natural one, and the creature is flat-footed. All right, all right. I, I don't know what games you play where you don't find different monsters to pit against your players that sort of challenge them. There's plenty of monsters in the beast here that have high touch. Uh, not many. How many bestiaries do you own? All of them. They're free online. <laughs> but, but what? <laughs> well, the um, content of them is free online. I have never had trouble making challenges for my gunslinger when I felt it was appropriate. But anyway, I feel like we're... We'll talk about that later. In the conclusion. The startling shot, it is powerful, like you said. And I think the good... It's well-balanced because you are trading doing your damage, which I know you're not very fond of, Christian. You, you always say that you have to really convince me not to use my full round action. It's better than all the damage I can do. And I think this circumstantially can be better. Oh, no, I'm not saying this is like busted OP. I'm just saying this is an incredibly good option. What's interesting is that when you do this, the creature is flat-footed in the start of its next turn, so you have to be very conscious of initiative order with this. If you do this and they're the next person to go, you effectively did nothing. Usually effects like this oh, that's last until the start of your next turn. Oh, good point. But next is targeting, one of my favorite deeds. As a four-on action, you can make a single attack on a part of the body of your opponent of your choice. And it can be arms or... I, I do want to go over each of these. And it costs a grip point, and if a creature's immune to sneak attacks, they're immune to this. 
You can choose arms, which if you hit them, they don't take damage, but they'll drop one carried item of the gunslinger's choice. So that's cool. It's like you shoot the gun out of the person's hand, you shoot their hand, they, oh, they dropped their gun. You can shoot them in the head. If you hit them, you deal damage as normal, and that creature is confused for one round. No saving throw. But it is a mind-affecting effect, so it won't work on things that are immune to such effects. This one's really powerful. I've had a gunslinger just keep a guy out of combat the entire combat because he just kept confusing him. And uh, the fact that you're also doing damage is amazing. There's the legs, and if you hit them, the target is knocked prone. And they're damaged normally. Creatures that have four more legs or immune to trip are immune to this. Notice the gunslinger has a lot of things that don't allow a save. As long as you hit them, these just work and there's nothing else you have to do. It's such a weird comment. It's like saying the wizard who has to hit touch AC for a spell. Well, there's no way to save. Yeah, but he has to hit touch AC. That's the two ways. Either saves or touch AC. That's how spells work. The wizard work. has one half BAB, Caitlin. <laughs> uh. You could target their torso. And that means your attack threatens critical on a 19 to 20, which doesn't sound great. But when firearms have a times four crit multiplier, increasing the threat range is insane. Well, not insane, but a very good option. Can firearms normally get their, I mean, I know keen can't be put on it, but you can get the improved critical feat, right? Yeah, I think you put keen on a firearm. So how does this work with that? I mean, it's does, it's does torso become irrelevant then. Yeah, it would because it, it just says it doesn't increase it. It just says it does threaten on a 19 to 20. I would talk to you, Jim, about letting it increase it. And then wings on a hit, the target's damaged normally and you need to make a DC 20 fly check or fall 20 feet. Good way to start getting that dragon out of the air. I absolutely love the targeting deed. All of those are incredibly flavorful and incredibly powerful options. So we're not getting anything new until level 11. When we do, we're getting a set of three new deeds. The first is Bleeding Wound. Whenever you hit a living creature with a firearm attack, you can spend one grip point as a free action to deal extra bleed damage equal to your dexterity modifier. So if you have a dex modifier plus seven, that creature's now taking seven damage every turn. Alternatively, you could spend two points of grit to deal one point of either strength, dexterity, or constitution bleed damage. So they're going to lose one strength or one dex every turn until they get that healed. And again, if you are immune to sneak attacks, you are also immune to this bleed damage. Expert loading. Whenever you roll a misfire of the gun that has a broken condition, you can spend a grit point to keep the gun from exploding, though it retains the broken condition. Kind of feel like this one should have been given to us earlier. Yeah. Because at level at, at level one, that we have the quick clear. So, I mean, I guess if you really don't want to spend that move action. If you're using a build where you shoot a lot, like you have rapid shot, or maybe you're shooting two guns, this really helps if you don't want to interrupt your full round action. It's like, I have three more attacks after this. I'm going to spend a grip point so that my gun doesn't explode and I can keep firing. Do you just kind of remind me part of that, the balance If oh, now I have two pistols and I'm making six shots. Yeah, but that's six shots where you could misfire. And lastly, there's lightning reload. As long as you have at least one grip point, you can reload a single barrel of a one-handed or two-handed firearm as a swift action once per turn. If you have the rapid reload feat or using a chemical cartridge, which you have been doing since level one, I don't know why they even put this here, you can reload a single barrel of a firearm as a free action instead each round. It's still only once per round, though. This is much more useful for the very strange and big firearms, like your culverin and your cylinder rifles but for your musket and your pistol you could probably have already found a way to reload as a free action long before level 11. For me I just turned level 11 in my game and I have an advanced firearm with this now I I don't have to worry about reloading anymore. And if I recall correctly it's a shotgun? Nope it is a rifle. Ah okay. So yeah for with the it's much more useful for like those kind of more niche 
options for your firearms that typically take a long time to reload. So there's something else the Gunslinger can get at level 11. It's a feat specifically for the Gunslinger that I have to mention because it basically makes the class. It's called Signature Deed. Oh yeah. You sound so excited. Oh yeah. Oh, Signature Deed. <laughs> Sorry, I am excited. <laughs> I say oh yeah because it is important enough to mention. I agree. So when you take Signature... Go ahead, Christian. Make <laughs> so when you take Signature Deed... You pick a deed that you have access to, and you have to spend grip points to perform. Once per round, you can perform this deed for one fewer grip point. You can only do this as long as you have at least one grip point in your pool. This is absolutely busted. You now have to go through each and every deed that we mentioned so far, and all the ones you can get in the future, and say, if this cost one less, which is zero for most of them, is this now broken? And the answer is, oh yeah. Free bleeding shot bonus damage on every single shot you land? Yes, please. Free targeting deed so I can shoot something in the head literally every turn and keep it confused locked? Yeah, I'll do that. That sounds like fun. Free gunslinger's dodge every time anyone ever shoots at me with anything? I'm just dancing around the battlefield, sliding on the ground? Give me that. Now, I was about to say there are some deeds that say you cannot reduce this cost with signature deed. But I only see one. I I remember that there used to be many more than just one that says that. But I suppose I'm thinking of the swashbuckler. Yeah, the swashbuckler has a lot where they were like, whoops, no, you can't just opportune parry and repost every turn for free. That's kind of broken. Now, this one's fantastic. And again, you're making a decision because most of these deeds cost, you know, standard actions or many of them do. So if you do something like, you know, targeting, you're still spending your standard action. But stuff like the bleed, that's amazing. You can now use pistol whip for free. <laughs> <laughs> It was already one of your best options, and now you just walk up to anyone, knock them over. Bleed is such a, a good, to, you know, candidate for this one. I would use it to attack multiple people, because you can't stack bleeding. So once you bleed someone once, you've done what you can. It also makes the ability point damage version of that cost one less. So it only costs one to deal, say, constitution damage to them. Ooh, you could do it with expert loading. Because you could spend one grip point, so your gun will effectively never explode as long as you have one grip point. Or if you're like me and have an advanced firearm, you don't know about that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> advanced firearms can explode. They can get broken, but they can't explode. Well, I mean, you could strap a rocket to it, yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know I mean, if you right? met other requisite conditions, it could explode. <laughs> there, it doesn't become immune from explosions. Fire it out of a cannon, it's probably going to break. And this is why I love this feat. Like, every time I look at every deed and I say, oh, I could do that for free now? Like, it just opens up so many build possibilities and character ideas. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just playing some role-playing games. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1. It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving Season 1 a listen. You can find Trailblazers on iTunes. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, grab some dice, and join us. All right, Christian, you come across an obviously important character to the plot. What do you do? I immediately shoot him in the face. Ugh, Christian. Level 15, we're getting three more deeds. Deeds are really the coolest part about the rogue. The rogue. 
They are. They're the I, coolest part about the rogue. The gunslinger is effectively a ranged rogue. We see a lot of things that are analogous to rogue here. We saw that, you know, you need to be immune to sneak attack damage, to be immune to a lot of things gunslinger has. They wear light armor and they get a dodge bonus to their AC. And now at level 15, they have the evasive deed. Evasive simply says, as long as you have at least one grip point, you gain the benefit of evasion, uncanny dodge, and improved uncanny dodge rogue class features. Oh! <laughs> This is a little late to get it, but you're getting the whole suite here, which is really nice. You're not getting improved evasion, but you're getting all of this. Yeah, you're waiting till level 15, but you're getting it all at once. And these are all great things. And we've argued about which one's better because they're both so great. <laughs> Especially good for a class with a great reflex save, like the Gunslinger. High dex, good reflex. You're probably going to be making most of your reflex saves anyway. There's Menacing Shot. You can spend a grip point to shoot a firearm in the air, affecting all living creatures within a 30-foot radius burst, as if they were subject to the Fear spell. This is the whole, you know, okay, corral, take the shotgun, shoot up in the air, the horse jolts back. But now also humans are going, oh no, I'm scared. <laughs> Boy, I don't know if at 15, I really care about using fear and everybody though. Well, let's look up fear. How bad is fear? fear I believe fear is the one that makes you- Panicked. Panicked is bad. Yeah, panicked is the one that makes you run away and cower from them if you can't run away. And if somebody say if succeeds, they're still shaken. Yeah, actually, never mind. It's pretty good. Everybody in a group. Never mind. Okay, 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 okay. All right, okay, 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 okay. All right, okay. You didn't just clear out the bar. Everyone's running and yelling. Something got lit on fire when someone was running away. <laughs> Lastly, they get Slinger's Luck. The Gunslinger can spend grip points to either reroll saving throws or reroll skill checks. It costs two grip points to reroll a saving throw and one grip point to reroll a skill check. And you have to take the result of the second roll. This is the one that can't be reduced by signature deed because it would cost zero grip points to reroll skill checks. So you could just reroll skill checks forever until you got a 20. Yeah, it can't, it can't be reduced by anything. They name a couple and then just to cover their butt they say, or anything that reduces costs. It would be nice if you could pick it just so the saving throw one costs one grip point instead of two, but I'm not too upset about it. Rerolls are incredibly powerful. Then jumping up to 19, we get our last three deeds. Cheat death. Whenever you're reduced to zero or fewer hit points, you can spend all of your remaining grit. You have to have at least one point to be reduced to one hit point instead. It's always important to have at least one grit in your pool because there's all these cool deeds that work just by having one grit point. So you'll probably have one anyway. Right, but now they're turned off. I really like the flavor of this ability and that you're cheating death by expending all of your pizzazz and grit to stay alive and then once you survive that hit you're not really the same as you were before you can't do the things you were just doing because you're now you're worried now you're you're not lucky anymore you just got hit with the reality of the situation they get death shot i'm not a huge fan of death shot so whenever you score a critical hit with your firearm you could spend one grip point to deal normal damage and the target has to succeed at a fortitude saving throw or die which this is considered a death effect for all things that matter for death effects. If something is surviving a times four critical hit at level 19, I guarantee you their fortitude save is going to be high. <laughs> I would rather take the times four damage basically any time. But if you take the signature deed and make this just free every time you roll a critical, I don't know, that's pretty cool. You're still critting. And at level 19, things have high HP. Times four critical of one shot. Believe me, it's not always going to kill things. So the DC is 10 plus half your level plus your dex modifier. By level 19, your dex modifier is probably going to be really high. So let's just round up to level 20, 10 plus 10 plus let's say 8. So it's a DC 28. I don't usually play that high level. I don't know if that's good or not. It's hard to say. I personally would usually probably take the times 4 damage though. Especially with the number of things that are immune to death effects. 
Stunning shot. Uh, you can spend two grip points to stun the creature if it doesn't make a fortitude save for one round. If it's immune to critical hits, it's immune to this effect. I like targeting better. You like confusing them better? Yeah, because it doesn't have a save. It's true. Stunned is the best version of that chain of that chain of conditions, though. Yeah, because yeah, if it does succeed, a stunned creature is effectively a dead creature because you can just, I believe you could coup de gras someone that's stunned. And never underestimate making your opponent drop his weapons how powerful that can be i mean i guess at level this high level most creatures have other things that make them also not just their weapon but i could just shoot him in the hands yeah there's a lot of other cooler things you could do or more effective things but it's there in case it's you really want to get that thing out of their hands and note this dc they have the secret book of summoning cthulhu get it out of they're about to summon and do something the gunslinger's like i got this levels his gun shoots oh never mind he made this up <laughs> why did you shoot the book why did you scoot it because it's a scoot it it's a it's attended christian it's attended <laughs> Creatures beyond the realms known to man are attending that book, I swear to you. But if you did target, you should targeting DD shoot the arms, was that a save? Let's see. No save, no save. They would just drop it if you landed your shot. Oh, I guess that was it. Anyway, so that's all our deeds. Well, to note, stunning shot, that one goes off your wisdom modifier instead of your dexterity modifier. So keep your eye on that when you're using some things with the gunslinger. They go back and forth between which modifier they use. True grit. It's not just a movie. It's your capstone. <laughs> Level 20, Christian. What is True Grit all about? Level 20, the Gunslinger picks two deeds that they have access to, and they must spend Grit to perform. You could perform these deeds for one Grit point fewer, minimum zero, than usual. So kind of like the signature deed. If the number of Grit points to perform a deed is reduced to zero, the Gunslinger can perform this deed as long as they have at least one Grit point. If it was a deed that could already be performed as long as you have at least one Grit point, you can now perform that deed even when you have no Grit points. So it's basically signature deed twice, but with more options that you can pick and a little bit more powerful. So to give an example, you could pick the evasive deed for this, which says you get evasion and uncanny dodges as long as you have at least one grit point. Well, now you always have it. Doesn't matter if you have grit or not. Good capstone. I'm already doing a bunch of awesome things that we're arguing these level 19 deeds aren't as cool as. I don't need a special cool ability, full round, kill somebody. I already got the level 19 sort of thing. This is cool. Yeah. I was already most excited about the signature deed for this class, so the capstone being two signature deeds, I'm not going to complain about. So since you can only take signature deed once... Because it doesn't have the clause that you can take it multiple times. It's nice because now you effectively have three signature deeds. And with the number of deeds that actually cost a point to do something cool, practically all now all your cool deeds you're using all the time, you just have to have a grip point in your pool. So that is all the Gunslinger's abilities. I do want to mention a few favorite class bonuses because Gunslinger's got a couple cool ones. The generic one is you get plus one-fourth of a grit. So every four levels you're getting a bonus grit, which is nice. And like your half-elves and your humans could pick stuff like this. Dwarf reduces the misfire for one gun by one-fourth. So every four levels, your gun reduces its misfire value, which is nice if you want to use more of the niche firearms, which tend to be balanced by having a higher misfire range. Or if you want to use alchemical cartridges, they sometimes increase the misfire range multiple times. Important to note that the minimum is one. You can't reduce it to zero. Halflings and kobolds add one-fourth of a dodge bonus to the nimble class feature or the gunslinger's dodge deed for kobolds, which is nice. Uh, it's effectively free AC. Small classes usually have more AC by factor of being small, so now they're going to have a good amount of AC. I GM'd for a halfling gunslinger who had, you know, over 30 AC pretty early in the game and was really tough to hit. Ratfolk and Ifrit might be the most powerful ones. They effectively both add plus one-half bonus on initiative checks. 
Initiative is incredibly important. They're basically getting a free initiative point every other level on a class that already has high initiative. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And the best one is the half-orc. You add plus one-third to your attack roll with the pistol whip deed. (laughs) If you want to be the pistol whipper, pick the half-orc. And take signature deed pistol whip. And carry around a gargantuan rifle. To give you guys an idea for my gunslinger I'm playing right now, who's at level 11, my initiative is at plus 15. And I haven't done anything. I haven't, like, tried to make an initiative build. It's just the way it worked out. There are a lot of cool traits, believe it or not, for gunslingers. Like uh, combat and racial traits, you mean? No, as in, like, traits uh, that came in with the advanced player's guide or whatever it was called. You know, like reactionary and, and anatomist. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Those are um, the, they come in the categories like combat traits, religious traits, racial right. traits. Those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of them have to do with grip points, with reloading, with uh, bullets. Uh, one of the cooler ones essentially gives you uh, the ability to keep firing with your gun even when you're unconscious. Oh, never stop shooting. Yeah. I love that one. Oh, I didn't know about it. Yeah, there are a lot that interact with grit. I didn't know about that. Thank you, Caleb. As if this class wasn't cool enough. <laughs> now you can never stop shooting. So that is the gunslinger. Caleb, what are your thoughts? I love them. I think they have a great variety. There's a lot of archetypes that allow you to get specific with guns, like you can be a musket master or a pistolero. These things are really neat. I like classes where you can hone them in with the archetypes to specific things that you, you already have in your head. I think archetypes always have cool, specific things, but a lot of times it's like, oh, I wouldn't think of a Stormbreaker Ranger, but cool, I'm glad I saw this. This one, you think, I want to be a, a sniper. I want to be somebody with dual pistols. I want to be a guy with a shotgun. Uh, I actually really like some of the advanced firearms. I understand that they come up with a lot of advantages, but I like them just because of having a dull-barreled shotgun is, a, is an awesome fantasy. I want to be able to pull that from my back and let loose with two slugs and hit somebody. You know what I mean? Things like that are cool or having the revolver. There's good progression where there's these things that you need to overcome and you can overcome them. You get more options as you level up. I want to get my full attack action. I get three attacks, but you know, my pistol only has one shot at a time okay well you get a double barrel pistol you get the pepper box where you have four barrels or you get eventually maybe you can get the revolver you're if you don't like advanced weapons it could be like essentially like a great magic items instead of getting a plus five pistol i got a regular revolver that sort of thing um there's guns that there's a magic gun i forget what it's called that doesn't need to reload there's the pistol of the infinite sky where you don't have to reload your pistol anymore uh and even with the things you do have to reload you have that deed there's feats to help you reduce it there's different ammo the our chemical cartridges that uh there's just different ways to sort of to address these different drawbacks to guns one of the biggest one is having the misfire chance it really sucks especially when you have dual pistols you're getting six attacks well that's also six chances to misfire even if it just misfires on a one it's still a five percent chance every time you fire for it to misfire and then once that happens i'm still making the rest of my attacks i misfire again now it explodes i'm creating all these problems for me well as you level up there's more ways to fix that with the different t- kinds of guns different feats, different everything to try to help reduce these so that when you get to a certain level, you're an awesome guy who's not having these sort of problems and you're still be able to keep up with some of the more powerful classes with the casters that are doing these amazing things or the two-handed fighter like I was playing who did an 
incredible amounts of damage who he just, if he hits, he crushes that person. Now it's like, I can do that too. Now I can be comparable to you. And I kind of could spread it out between people if I need to, because I can make these multiple shots. Uh, there's so many different weapons that you don't, I don't feel so confined to, well, I'm just using the pistol all the time. The pistol, the rifle, the shotgun, the pepper box, the uh, blunderbuss, these sort of things. I really, really enjoy this class. I, mean, I am of the opinion that having weapons, having uh, guns in Pathfinder, they handle it very well. It hurts a little bit when you're lower level, having to keep track of so much misfire and reload and all this different stuff. It's a, it's, it's a little much to deal with. It's like when the sword guy can just hit with a sword and the magic guy can just cast a spell and there's a save or there's not a save. Uh, but... I think it's all interesting enough and always having a pool, having the choice is amazing. We did the Bard. One of the things I did like about the Bard was that there was choice. What performance am I going to do next? Outside of combat, their skills, they aren't, I don't think, very interesting, but they are not into the terrible situation the fighter is in where it's like, well, I guess I have Intimidate. No, you at least have some good skills you can do and you have a couple you know, utility shots where you can break the lock and things like that. I could use a couple more of those. Yeah, but- no more scooting. Imp- improves <laughs> scoot on attended objects you so much <laughs> but all in all i really really like the gunslinger one i made two builds the sniper build that christian helped me out a lot on because i just could not do the damage until you sort of helped me make a build just right where i could snipe and do damage and sniping is neat because you get to fire and then hide and they don't know where the shot came from and they're trying to find you and when they do find you, I've got enough of an AC. I can sort of start start trying to dodge things, even though I didn't have a lot of health. The only reason I picked an advanced weapon was because of the sniping, being able to, to snipe. Otherwise, it would have been fine with a normal weapon. Speaking of normal weapons, another gunslinger I made, I did the pistol arrow with two pistols. And uh, what I did is I just, I talked to my GM who let me buy a lot of pistols cheap. And I would fire and then just drop the guns and pull out new ones. And... <laughs> And I got quick draw on things that let me just move them out so I wasn't wasting move actions to pull out guns. So I was pulling out pistols, dropping them, so I didn't have to worry about reload so much. I, I, I had to, after combat, you know, gather up all my pistols and reload them all. But that, that wasn't so much of a fantasy. But in combat, firing, dropping weapons, and oh my, out, I got the blunderbuss on my back to fire with. That was fun. I had a player who played as a gunslinger, and he really did not optimize his character at all. And he still had a lot of fun with him, uh, especially with the whole signature deed making people confused the final battle there we probably have talked about once or twice in this podcast uh but they all fought copies of themselves so i made his copy <laughs> just stun lock him in a confusion just like he did everybody else. why are you shooting yourself why are you shooting yourself why are you shooting yourself yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> my, my Reaper build where I shoot shotguns and then drop them on the floor. Having different ammos to make your weapon do different things is also pretty cool. I haven't really looked up the enchantments. I can't remember a lot of the enchantments, but I know there's some for sniping and there's some for like you can save a grit point in your in your gun. There's different equipment that work well with grit and things like that. I like the class a lot. I also really like the class. I don't want to make my dissenting comments appear as if I don't enjoy Gunslinger. I think Gunslinger is a great class. I've had a couple Gunslinger characters that I've GM'd for. I've played as a Gunslinger before. And all those characters have been excellent and they've been fun. And I really think the mechanics of Gunslinger incentivize that. They really boost that feeling of being this kind of daring person. I think the grit mechanic and the panache mechanic, those are my favorite mechanics in all of Pathfinder because they're very high risk reward and they are a fun resource to manage in my opinion but i do i do have problems with the gunslinger and i'm going to talk particularly about an instance i ran into when i was gming for a gunslinger in a pre-published adventure path i was running the rise of the ruined lords adventure path 
And the whole thing, the pro- main problem I have about gunslingers is that they're very feast or famine. There's kind of this threshold they have to meet to the point where they can reload as a free action that Caleb was just talking about. Once they hit a certain point in their build, all these things that exist as drawbacks to firearms suddenly kind of fall to the wayside and don't exist anymore. And different builds simply have different levels where they reach that threshold. In the Rise of the Rune Lords Adventure Path particularly, at a certain point, I don't think there's really spoilers because it's like right on the cover of the book, giants become a thing. Giants are a rather common enemy. So of the six chapters of the book, from chapter three onward, which was roughly level six onward, large size enemies were very, very common, as they are in the bestiary. If you look at the bestiary, the majority of things that you could throw at your players are large size creatures. Gunslingers level six and higher large size creatures effectively don't exist. Large size creatures have a penalty to dexterity and they have a size penalty to their AC. So we're literally talking single digit touch AC. There was one particular instance where a dragon showed up against one of my gunslingers. Let me just get a CR 19 ancient red dragon. 38 AC, 5 touch AC. This creature does not exist to the gunslinger. You could be using deadly aim, you could be using rapid shot, you could be using every single effect that decreases your chance to hit and increases your damage, and it's effectively no drawback because unless you roll a natural one, you're going to hit. And it's a variance thing for me. Every other player is going about their turn with uncertainty. Am I going to hit or miss? I'm kind of dependent on my dice rolls here. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen when I enter combat. Where the gunslinger, every time she went to fire, I literally just said, I looked at the stat block and I said, okay, just don't, just roll all your dice. If you don't roll a natural one, they all hit. Which I think kind of takes away from kind of the point of the game is variance. Your character isn't always going to perform well. The gunslinger at higher levels always performs well unless they roll a natural one, and then suddenly they're doing nothing, which is a very feast or famine design that I'm not a huge fan of. Now, this was really only a problem because I was running an AP. I was running an adventure path. In your own homebrew campaign, there are options you can throw in that I tried to mix in to challenge a gunslinger. You have monks who have this untyped bonus to AC, which make them hard to hit. You have feats like deflect arrows, which the rules specifically call out. If you have anything that interacts with like an arrow, like you can smack an arrow out of the way, you can smack a bullet out of the way. No problem. I Season one, I did that. <laughs> did it make your player angry? Because when I did that, it made my player angry. I, I, I can't, I'm not sure. I think it, my, my goal is to intimidate him. That they were facing an enemy who who sort of knew them a little bit, took the time to sort of study them. It was a Rokusaki the first time they fought Rokusaki. For people who have listened to it, one of the one of the guys was his armor was in the shop, so it was getting repaired. So a Rokusaki was like he like moved him around the battlefield. It's like you don't really know how to fight without armor, do you? And like just trips him and throws him on his face. My player David, who was a gunslinger, fired a shot at him, and he he did the the deflect arrows where he you know sort of dodged it with his palm and i said like he had a little bit of blood trickling from his palm but it didn't do much damage to him and i think they were all just intimidated that this guy had had got their number so far but 
I don't know. He could have just been silently angry. I could see how that would happen. I, I kind of like eased them into it. They ran across like a carnival sideshow kind of thing. And I kind of made a joke build to mess around with the gunslinger where it was someone who had deflect arrows, snatch arrows, and missile shield, which was like every possible option they could have that said knock a projectile out of the air once per round. So he was like, oh, come on, shoot me. You're the best gunslinger land. Go ahead and try and shoot me. And she fired all three of her shots. He was like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> but then they actually fought an enemy that had the deflect arrow's feet and he was like kind of shadowy and insubstantial so i flavored it as like the first projectile of the round would pass through him and they were like "Ooh, i don't like this what do you mean he's just ignoring my bullets well the good i mean deflect arrows has a bounce of it's only once around so if you fire more than one bullet but other than like things that explicitly say knock bullets out of the air there's monks there's small races have the size bonus to ac there's high dexterity enemies like your rogue types there are a lot of spells and abilities that specifically work against guns, like I know the bullet shield is a spell. Uh, misfortune type effects are particularly effective against gunslingers. Forcing them to roll twice is and take the worst result is doubling their chance of misfiring. Just spells like displacement and stuff that make anything harder to hit. Right. And because I don't want to be too hard on the gunslinger because it's not fair to be like, oh, martial classes suck compared to casters. And then you introduce the gunslinger and be like, oh, this is too powerful when it's still explicitly weaker than a wizard. You know, the guy can spend one grip point and shoot someone in the head every round to confuse them. The wizard could say, okay, make a will save. You're confused for 10 rounds. I can go and do my own thing. I don't even have to commit any more resources to lock you and also 12 other people out of combat. It's mostly the whole feast or famine thing. There are a lot of really good support enchantments and items and magic items for the gunslinger that really do offset their weaknesses. Things like the distant enchantment for your firearms, you're doubling your first range increment, making it so that you don't have to be so close to someone to shoot them. There's the lucky enchantment that Caleb talked about where, like, your gun has its own pool of grip points that can be used to ignore misfires or reduce misfire chances. There's oil of silence, which is just like this oil you rub on your gun and suddenly it makes no noise. There's a lot of support for gunslingers, and once your gunslinger realizes that, hey, I don't need to put any resources into anything that increase my chance to hit because I'm hitting anyway, they can just offset all their money into things that just make them stronger in other categories. Because I was kind of unhappy with the way that gunslingers worked, I thought, well, if I were to rework, like, the way gunslingers work, how they hit touch AC, what exactly would I do? And I think that gunslingers hit touch AC because it's it was a very easy design choice. Touch AC is something already on someone's character sheet. It's already on the monster stat block. It's already a thing in the game. Let's use it. But like I said, it was designed for wizards to hit with one half BAB and no physical stats or some physical stats. If I were to rework firearms, I would have them ignore specific types of AC, but that becomes really difficult to quantify in the middle of combat where it's like, well, I think firearms should ignore armor and dodge bonus to ACs, but I think your shield and your natural armor should still matter against firearms. And I can't just make a third type of AC because it doesn't exist on the stat blocks. But overall, I don't think it is too egregious a problem. I think it's just the GM has to try a lot harder to make things challenging for a gunslinger because they operate in a different way than all the other classes. I think it's very doable. It's just if you do what I did where you're a relatively new GM and you're running some Paizo published thing, if you just throw a gunslinger in there and everyone else is playing normal classes, you're probably going to feel the difference because the game was designed with big hulking monster comes out and tries to punch you in the face and the gunslinger's like, oh, he's got four touch AC. Pop, 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 pop. And that game you were jamming for, was that gunslinger doing a lot of damage or was he just hitting all the time? Doing tons of damage. Okay. Question. This, is, this isn't loaded question. This is a real question. If you misfire 
fire, do you, can you still hit? Nope. It stay- Assuming it wasn't a one, if you misfired on a two, let's say. Right. So even if you have a misfire value like one to three, if you roll a three and it would still hit, you you miss. It's effectively like rolling a natural one. Oh, wow. Okay. So then earlier when you were talking about, you know, as long as you don't roll a one, you won't miss. I mean, that's everybody misses on a critical one, gunslinger or not. The gunslinger's worse off. He has a critical one, two, or three, or whatever, depending on his gun. No, but what I mean is that the gunslinger can literally roll a two. As long as their misfire value isn't two, they're going to hit. Every other class, if they roll a two, they're like, oh, well, the dice don't like me today. The gunslinger can literally roll a two, a two, a two, and a two, and hit with all three attacks. If I'm a fighter and I roll a two, a two, a two, and a two, I might hit the first attack. I'm definitely missing the next two attacks. I don't know. I'm just thinking that before. Oh, yeah. Oh, you were talking about how they were they were so polarizing. Yeah. It's not like Saver Suck wasn't a thing that already was in the game. It wasn't gunslingers who made Saver Suck a popular term. It was spellcasters. I'm not saying spellcasters are a great thing or Saver Suck is a great thing either. And like I said, for I'm- me, it's a variance thing. It's, it's variance. I literally said... Go, go ahead. But the variance is built into the class. We just spent a whole lot of time talking about the variance with misfire and reload and all this crap. What other class goes, well, I can't use my full attack bonus unless I meet the specific prerequisites. Is that a good Is that a good way to do it, though? Is that a healthy form of variance? Yes, 95% of the time, you are absolutely insane. But you know what, fighter? You got like a 5% chance your sword just explodes. What? That's I don't think that's a healthy way to handle something. Like I said, I think overall, it's not too big a deal. But I just think it could be handled better where it's like, bah, 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 I'm killing everything. Whoopsie, rolled a natural one. My gun exploded. Better go buy a new one. It's first off, you get a chance to repair, know, which two different deeds to, so that you don't have to do that. And uh, I, I, I've i never, I've had two different gunslingers. Both went through a breadth of levels. Never had a problem. Never was, never felt it was something I couldn't overcome. And in many cases was something I even had to overcome. It's not, it's not me as a GM. Maybe you play I'm, I'm with, not trying to beat uh, my for, players. I don't want to overcome it. It's compared to the other players where the rogue in that game walked up to an enemy. It's like, okay, like I have to get in this flanking position and I got to roll all my attacks and like one or two of my attacks might hit. They were dual wielding weapons. And then the gunslinger rolls up. It's like, okay, I just have to not roll a natural one. Ba 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 ba. Do you, do you just play with power gamers? Is that it? No. Why, why would you think it's power gamers? In fact, each, in fact, each class has their own things they're good and bad at. Oh, no. One class is good at hitting all the time. And one class is good at changing reality. And the other class Wizards are balanced. Doing- why are you comparing the wizard? I don't think wizards are balanced either. Oh, Christian. Magic users are half the freaking classes in this game. Yes, I know. And I just want to specify that the player that was playing the Gunslinger in the Rise of the Ruins campaign is specifically the exact opposite of a power gamer. She would always pick the most flavorful options available it's fine. to her. It's fine. There's not a problem. Each class is something yeah, they're you really, really, really good there wasn't a problem. Big whoop, this guy can hit all the time. Oh, no. Oh, he rolls a one. He misses. Oh. He, has, he No one else in the game has a critical fail on a one, two, three, or four. Nobody else. Nobody What's else. What's a one? A twenty percent chance to just not only did I miss, but now I've got to waste part of my next turn trying to make it so I don't explode. Well, correction. It's no, it's, it's, no, uh, it's correction. Oh, correction, oh, Caleb. So he can hit every time. Oh, I'm so upset. Meanwhile, over here's the summoner. He's 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 a huge giant monster. It's eating people every round. Sorry, I can hit every time and just do damage. I'm just dealing damage. I'm not even doing anything else interesting. Oop. Once in a while, I can make somebody bleed. Ooh. Once in a while. 
Meanwhile, this guy's over there eating people. This guy over there is using the wish enchantment. And oh, oh, sorry. Wish. Wait, I can you're comparing this to wish? A little bit of damage. Why are you comparing this to wish? Okay, so first of all, correction. It's a misfire value of one. If you know what you're doing, it's a misfire value of one. And again, it is a variance thing. When the fighter comes up and says, I'm going to do the thing that the fighter does. I'm going to take a full round action. You know, he's going to miss a couple times. The gunslinger literally won't ever miss unless they but this is what the gunslinger does. You know that what else the fighter a good can thing. do? Just they All do these it. combat maneuvers. The gunslinger's not going to be doing this. The gunslinger shoots with his gun. He has pistol whip. He can combat maneuver. False. <laughs> Right, it's feast. The again, fighter, it's, yeah, it's, maybe he, he, yes, the fighter has at least chance to miss. He's gonna do all these other things, more interesting things. He can he can fill out his class with the gunslinger shoots people and he gets past armor. You know what? You want different people in your party to be able to do different yes, things. Yes, you do. This you one do. guy goes, okay, I'm good hitting versus touch AC. You're good at grappling. You're good at this. We need people doing different things. Why can't I be good at this without you going? Oh no, let's sound the horns. Oh no, I didn't even say sound the horns. I said it's not even that big of a deal. What I said, and you're kind of missing my point, Caleb, is that. That's feast or famine. Whereas a fighter's like, say, 60% success rate, 40% I miss rate. The gunslinger is 95% success rate, 5% unsuccess rate. It's a huge variance. It's a variance thing. It feels like the gunslinger's playing a different game. The gunslinger's constantly getting to succeed at what they do unless they get very unlucky, and then everyone else has to try really hard to succeed at the things that their class does and the things that their class do uniquely. The thing that the... Every class is playing a different game. The rogue's over there doing sneak And the gunslinger's playing a better game. How do you guys feel? Write in. Let us know. (laughs) And again, it's another class where I I would love to hear you guys' opinions. We've got a Discord server. You can chat with us there. Uh, Link at the bottom of our site. You guys can email us. Shameless plug. Please add to this vitriol. Please come attack me. I I thrive off of hatred. Inside with me, gunslingers are fine. I can't believe that you're not. It's not even worth mentioning. I don't even want it. I'm done. We'll we'll never see eye to eye. I think they're fine. Christian thinks it's problematic. But together, we both think they're still fun and that uh, they could still be played right. I think they're specifically problematic. In pre-made campaigns from Paizo, where the majority of their threats that threaten the party are big hulking monsters that the gunslinger invalidates. Oh no, I'm doing four, I'm doing 14 damage each round. Uh, 14? Your player couldn't build right, Caleb. That's not a means of comparing it. Oh no, each time I do damage, I do 1d10 plus 14. You're the one that literally came to me. It's like, my player's confusing things every turn. What do I do about that? This is kind of a problem. You came to me with that, Caleb. You cried on my shoulder. I was there for you. <laughs> well I'm just drinking my ice juice go ahead and sign us out well, that was the gunslinger thank you all for listening class is dismissed Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network for other great RPG podcasts visit our website tblazer.net want to get in touch email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on twitter at tblazernetwork this episode was edited by Devin Tonell. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening.